Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. The Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. We're into the NBA Finals. You've got the Suns and the Bucks going head-to-head. And if you want to place a wager on any of the action, BetOnline is the place to do it. I know, right? We got a few things. We got a few good things going on. Shout out to Bet Online for just sticking, like I say, with me and Mark from day one with this Believe in podcast. But um, anything you want to put a wager on, whether it's hockey, whether it's amateur golf with Tom Brady and and Aaron Rodgers, or the NBA Finals, just make sure y'all go to Bet Online. I will be out there in Vegas. So if Bet Online, if y'all out there in Vegas, holla at me. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So for the next tip-off, face-off, pitch ahead, we're into golf now too, Ike. Head over to Bet Online and start playing today. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. And welcome in to another edition of the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. IT, we're recording this today on Thursday, July the 8th. And on this date in 1933, the Steelers were established. So a little bit of history there, 87 years ago today, I see... You're in North Carolina. You've got your Ike Taylor Shrine in the backdrop. I'm excited to talk and chop it up with you this afternoon. Yeah, I don't have my Ike Taylor Shrine. This is this is my mom's Ike Taylor Shrine. Of course, okay. I got three sisters. And if you ask my three sisters, man, they'll probably say, like, Ike is mom's favorite. <laughs> we were joking before the pod, so they don't have their own rooms that are Not established shrine for them. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet, but hopefully, I mean, my three sisters are doing better than me at this point in time. So hopefully I got to get a few rooms and make sure them rooms are shrines for them. On today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast, we have a lot to discuss. Ike Scott Hansen signing a multi-year deal to to continue as the host of NFL Red Zone. And we're also going to talk about how you're a psychic in knowing and calling that the Dallas Cowboys would be on HBO's Hard Knocks. But we begin today's show with linebacker Devin Bush's bizarre tweets. He's tweeting out cat videos. Ike, it's the part of the offseason where we don't have a whole lot to talk about. And I have to try to decipher what some of these things mean. I will say this about Devin Bush. Coming back from the torn ACL that limited him to five games in the 2020 season, two more years on his rookie deal with the team option for the fifth year you hope that none of these offseason shenanigans impact his ability to get that second contract, but I'm not going to read too much into these tweets. That's my two cents worth. What say you, Ike Taylor? Yeah, I'm, I'm not looking too deep into this at all, Mark. Uh, he's been out for them a year and a half, going on two years with his injuries plus, and he's a football player. What I mean by the football player, he he's not worrying about too much about social media and likes. If you look at his Instagram, I think he has one picture, maybe zero. So he's off and on with the one and the zero. So he really don't care if you like him or not. When it comes down to just a a young man just wanting to play football, that's Devin Bush. Now, he says what he means. So that's people kind of take it the wrong way. So 
I guess Coach T or Kevin Cole would probably talk to him and, and told him slow down on some of the, the things he's saying on social media. Everybody isn't built for it. You know what I'm saying? So for me, Devin Bush, man, he doesn't mean any harm. He just says what's on his mind. Devin Bush remind me either a kid or an old person. Us in between, we kind of sugarcoat. You know, when you're a kid, it's just an innocent, innocent honesty. You know what I'm saying? And when you're old, it's, man, I'm about to leave anyway. I'm just going to say what's on my mind. All of us in between around our age, we kind of tend to sugarcoat what we want to say. But Devin Bush, man, he's not sugarcoat nothing. He's going to say exactly what is on his mind. But he just got to understand, man, people can't – people don't. Some don't appreciate it. Some can't take the true honesty. So he'll be fine. Though. I think this ain't got nothing to do with, um, with him and how he's going to play. I think he's going to play. I think he's going to be an all-pro. He was on his way before he got hurt. One thing he did on Twitter, Ike, I didn't know you could do this. You could turn off the replies to any of your tweets. Did you know that you could do that? I had yeah, no idea. Yeah, yeah. I did. I, 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 did I, I literally did not know you could do that until it was just like, oh, two days ago, uh, David Bush said this. And then I also saw he posted where he, someone talked to him, whether someone in the Steelers organization, I would assume, saying, hey, you're going to be limited to two posts per day. But Again, I mean, I know the Steelers have a track record with A.B., Le'Veon Bell. I know Juju and Chase Claypool have had their things with TikToks and social media. But, again, it's July. We're less than a month away, Ike, from the start of the preseason, which is pretty crazy that we're almost into the time of year where we see football resume actual games I'm talking here. So again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be one to say, Oh, you know, look way too much into this. I think he's maybe trying to look to stir the pot a little bit, but I'm not going to read into this and say, Oh, this, you know, points to problems within the Steelers locker room, something I'm, I'm not going to create a storyline. That's just not there. Mark. I, I don't think he's trying to stir the pot, stir the pot. I think that's just how he feels and what's on his mind. I think he don't care how we feel or what we say about him. That's just Devin. Like a lot of us care and, and feel what people may think or say, but it just looks from afar like Devin really don't give a F if you know what I'm saying. He really don't care, <laughs> you know? So that's that's what I love about the kid. And I need that kind of person as the middle linebacker, especially an old school style. And we all know coming from the Pittsburgh Steelers what their linebackers are like. Either they're all pro, they're pro bowlers, they go to the Hall of Fame, and they're just some nasty, mean guys when it comes down to football. And that's starting with the Jack Lambert. So that's what I love about Devin Bush. He really don't care. Before we move on, Ike, I will say this. I'll go back to his rookie contract entering year three. Your mm -hmm. athletic excellence is your brand. Your tape is mm -hmm. your resume. And your body is your moneymaker. Those are things mm -hmm. you always tell me, Ike. Again, coming back from that torn ACL injury, prove it on the field. And this is something we'll look back on and laugh at if we even remember it beyond this offseason. So, again, that's just my two cents worth with everything. But anything else with Devin Bush? Otherwise, we'll move on. Now, when it's concerning his contract, which you just talked about, I think if he stays healthy, they're going to go in on a restructure his uh, before he gets to that fifth-year option. I don't think they want to even play with him. If he, if he shows he's capable of staying healthy for the next two, they're not even going to wait to that fifth year. I don't think they're even going to try to tag him because I think they didn't pay T.J. White and everybody else they need to pay and they have some money to pay Devin Bush at that time. So I don't think they're going to play with him. I think they're just going to pay him ASAP. All right, Ike. This is the portion of the show where if the listeners and the viewers are keeping track at home, 
you are a psychic and you've proved it yet again. Now to remind <laughs> our listeners and our viewers, you predicted Trey Lance would go to the 49ers with the third pick. You picked Baylor to win the NCAA tournament before the March Madness tournament started. And you also predicted the Washington football team beating the Steelers for their first loss of the 2020 season. You call that HBO Hard Knocks Dallas Cowboys. Go look back at this show, the Believe It Steelers podcast from one month ago, Ike. You hit the nail on the head. I'm going to give you your due here. But again, just further proof that you're psychic. Man, I appreciate you, Mark. I just look at uh, scenarios and just go with my gut feeling, if you know what I'm saying. So I was looking at that coming back. I looked at the season that the Dallas Cowboys had, which wasn't a good season. I looked at the maturity level from from Gallup on the offensive side. I looked at how much of a superstar uh, CD is going to be, CD Lamb is going to be at that wide receiver position. Um, I looked at, dang, it, it kind of rejuvenated Ezekiel Elliott in the offseason. He's posting and you're seeing how he's working out. Now, I looked at that defensive side. I looked at how they drafted damn near, you know, 10 guys in, in that draft to, to get back to where they feel like they need to be on the defensive side. And why not? I mean, when your owner is Jerry Jones and he wants to be, you know, the face of the franchise more than the quarterback, you might as well go, you might as well go to Dallas. So that's how I was looking at the, that's how I was looking at the big picture when it came down to Dallas, man. I just kind of try to put everything together and be like, if it was a team I would love to watch, who would it be? And I said the Dallas Cowboys because Dak is back. Also, um, we can talk about Jerry Jones all we want to, but he always, like you say, stirs the pot and make everything interesting. How this pertains to the Steelers, the Steelers play the Cowboys on August 5th in the Hall of Fame game to kick off the preseason. And I, you're going to be there as well. Yes, yes, I will. Um, we're going to be super deep, uh, at least 200 deep, because we got the great Bill Nunn, um, one of the first guys, one of the first scouts to kind of incorporate the, the 70 Super Bowl Steelers and getting them draft picks and getting guys to that organization um, from HBCU schools. Then, you know, I got Alan Fanica. Of course, we call Red, LSU guy, then Troy Palomalo, um, my, my brother, then Coach Cowell. So we got a lot of guys we got to deal with, so we're going to be deep. We've been we've been on a group text. We've been talking smack on a group text on, man, who's going to be the first one to cry? And blase, blase, and all, <laughs> all that good stuff. So, man, it's just a good feeling, man, to have, for me, people I've been around, such good people, and for – we used to say, when one goes to the Hall of Fame, all of us go to the Hall of Fame. And that's coming from the Hall of Famers. You know what I'm saying? Like, we used to look at it from afar. And we talked about this on our show before, Mark. Um, man, it's, we knew Troy was a Hall of Famer. We knew Alan Fanica was a Hall of Famer. And they used to always come back to us like, nah, if I go, we all going. That's just how it was. So... The fact that I got to play so far with two, who's who's going in there? Um, three, really. Jerome Bettis, uh, Alan Fanica, and Troy Palomalu. Then it's going to be Big Ben and Pouncey. So I'm I'm looking at a few hall of <laughs> a few hall of famers that I didn't play with, and we ain't even talking about the coaching aspect for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dick LeBeau, the Russ Grams, and the Munchaks, <laughs> and the Coach Cowers and the Mister Rooney's as an owner. So man, I was just surrounded by. <laughs> by greatness you know what i'm saying but that's just what it is when you want to talk about the pittsburgh steelers um cowboys 
Pittsburgh Steelers too, you know, prestige franchises. Uh, they all got Super Bowls. Dallas got five. We got six. Of course, Dallas beat us to four before the Pittsburgh Steelers. But on behalf of Ike Taylor Company, we wind up getting the Pittsburgh Steelers six Super Bowl rings, if you know what I'm saying. So uh, that's just a good thing on that part. I look forward to when someone approaches you, Ike, and says, you know what? Nope, too many Steelers in the Hall of Fame. And we've talked about this endlessly here on the Believe in Steelers podcast. It's like, I honestly believe that there are certain players from lesser franchises than the Pittsburgh Steelers who would have players get in the Hall of Fame, but there's just another level of excellence with the Steelers franchises because you're talking about the best of the best. And Ike, you always bring this up. You say every year where it's like, no, there's too many Steelers going in this year. And it's like, well, what do you want us to do about it? I know when it comes down to Kevin Colbert and that front office and the organization, like, they, they, and Bill Nunn, who pretty much started this, and he gave the blueprint recipe, like, they can't help. They just know how to draft. They can't help. They find at least every three years a, a third or fourth round draft pick who wind up has potential to make it to the Hall of Fame. Like, they can't help that. If you look at Antonio Brown, if AB just would have kept his head right, his mind yep. right, man, he'll, he, you know, had a clean, a clear shot of going to the Hall of Fame. If you look at, Deontay Johnson, man, and what he's doing on that wide receiver side, man, a clear shot of going to the Hall of Fame and he can stay healthy. If you look at Hines Ward, you know, just coming out as some kind of talent from Georgia, he got a shot to make it to the Hall of Fame. Like, he didn't even have a position coming out, you know, because he played running back, receiver, quarterback. He played everything at Georgia. And if you messed around and asked him to play free safety, he'll come downhill and smack you in the face. So, it's just for, for, for the Pittsburgh part, man, when it comes down to receivers and just get low-round draft picks. Look, me, myself, if I if I was able to catch the ball, you know, I probably would have been in the Hall of Fame. But, you know, I couldn't catch a cold in Alaska at the time. So, I'm just cool <laughs> off of where I'm at. So, I'm just going to just gonna <clears throat> live through the greatness of others that I played and got coached for. So, I ain't really tripping right now. Ike, we'll hop in the time machine. I'll get you some stick'em. We'll keep it under the radar. This is a lot of your career was before social media, so we could get away with it. I mean, I know you had headphones in your helmet, so that's what we'll do. We'll hop in the time machine, and then you know we think about Ike Taylor a little bit differently in retrospect. Or fast forward, man. I got a son and three nephews, so I'm just gonna you know kind of sit in the back seat and let them take me for a ride because I got a good feeling about the folk. <laughs> You're raising wolves over there, aren't you, Ike? No question, Mark. You already know. <laughs> uh, to bring this back to hard knocks, a lot of storylines you mentioned, Ike. Dak coming back. I am really looking at this Dallas Cowboys defense improving, and I think this is something the series will focus on. Dan Quinn, the former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, comes in as the new defensive coordinator of the team. The Cowboys might have gotten the best defensive player in the draft in Penn State linebacker Micah Parsons. And they had a lot of players we talked about in our top five position groups of the 2021 NFL draft. Kelvin Joseph, the cornerback out of Kentucky. Uh, they also got Jabril Cox, the linebacker out of LSU. Ike. So a defense last year that was historically bad for the Cowboys. Most points allowed in franchise history and the second most rushing yards allowed. I look for that to improve in the 2021 season, and I cannot wait to watch. I, I love the narration of Liv Schreiber on Hard Knocks. August 10th, sign me up, HBO's back, and it's just like you inevitably 
fall in love with the team that they end up covering. I just cannot wait to watch. You mentioned Jerry Jones, Ike. I mean, he has a weekly news conference, as is already when the cameras are in <laughs> J- on Jerry and Jerry World. It's going to be incredible TV. It's going to be must-watch hey, TV. Hey, listen here, Mark. Um, top 15 defense. And the reason why they're going to be a top 15 defense is because of Coach Dan Quinn and the simplicity of his cover three defense. So even though even though it's not a complicated defense, guys are able to play faster, are able to communicate faster, are able to rally to the ball faster. Um, of course, you can you can know and you can find holes in that defense. But what Coach Quinn does, which I what I do with my kids is, I tell them the weakness to the defense, so they already know what offense is trying to go to that defense. So Dan Quinn, um, as a head coach, he did okay, but I think as a defense coordinator. Uh, he would be just fine. Now, they didn't let Dan Quinn draft the guys he wanted to get. Uh, when we talk about Parson, he could possibly be the defensive rookie league MVP, but you want to talk about Jabril Cox. I think Jabril Cox coming out that organization, they would say after this year, he's the reason why the Dallas Cowboys are top 15 um, in 2020 season. Watch what I tell you. Our beloved producer, Courtney Vargas, huge Cowboys fan right now. This is just music to her ears. <laughs> just loving every minute of today's podcast. I love it. That receiving core as well. Amari Cooper, you mentioned Gallup. C.D. Lamb as well. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Speaking of the NFL, though, Ike. NFL Red Zone has signed an extension with Scott Hansen the guy who's hosted the show, I believe since the 2009 season. I'm going to go on record stating this. I think NFL red zone is the best thing to happen to football since two things. Number one, the invention of HDTV, which was implemented in November of 1998 by CBS. And then since the invention of instant replay dating back to 1963, Ike, I think that's how transformative NFL red zone has been. And part of my enjoyment week in and week out watching that is the host Scott Hanson. He does a terrific job. I just hope that at some point he gets a bathroom break because like seven or eight straight hours of broadcast coverage while watching NFL red zone week in and week out while he hosts it. He does a, just a terrific job and I love watching him and I'm very happy. We'll get to watch him for years to come. When I was with the network, I watched Scott Hanson and I know how hard it is getting on TV. What people don't understand is you got producers talking to you, uh, telling them you got to count down to 15, 10, 5, and this is live. You know what I'm saying? And you still can't waver. For Scott Hansen to be able to go seven to eight hours by himself, by himself, and to keep up with pretty much every game that's aired for the NFL by himself. Um, I talked about Troy being different on the football field and the reason why he's in the Hall of Fame, Scott Hansen is different. And what I mean by different, there is no other person in the world that can do that job for seven to eight hours consistently and not lose a drop of energy but Scott Hansen. So Scott Hansen getting this multi-year deal with the NFL Red Zone, he deserves every bit of it, plus more, because it's hard. I didn't sat on TV for two two and a half, three hours live. And I thought that was long. And you and we just bouncing off each other with topics. So for Scott to actually go for seven, eight hours by himself 
and to know damn that every player on the football team, positions and all, for him to do it at seven, eight hours and make it very interesting. Because I, during the season, I watched the NFL Red Zone. That's how I keep up with the topics. That's why that's what keeps me informed for our podcast coming up for the football season. For, so for Scott to do that, um, it's only one person. My personal opinion is only one person who can do that, and that's Scott Hansen for that job. Are you with me, Ike? I was trying to think of what are the things that make football more enjoyable to watch. The two things I thought of were since you go from standard definition to high definition and then instant replay, it's just one of those things where I I wish other sports leagues took the NFL's format and pretty much implemented and did the same thing for their respective leagues. Maybe it's the shorter attention span that people have, but it's just – for me, the, the just the best way to watch the NFL. You're gonna need a Scott Hansen though, and yeah. it's, it's rare. Yeah. It's it's rare to find Scott Hansons in the world. You know what I'm saying? Like he he was like how we talk about some players are just like LeBron is built and dropped from 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 the good man above to play basketball. Troy was dropped from the good man above to to to, to play football. Like Scott Hansen was dropped. <laughs> to be the host for the NFL Red Zone. Like, man, when I say it's hard, Mark, it's hard going live and being that consistent, man. It's hard. So basically on TV, he's doing he's doing five days on one, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In one yeah, setting. yeah. He's doing five days in one setting. So, yeah, I agree. I think other networks should take on what the NFL network is doing, especially the NFL Red Zone, but you got to find you a Scott Hansen, and they're rare. We just need to clone him and then give that person the same expertise for the respective sport. There we go. There you go. <laughs> All right, Ike, a few other topics we need to get to. Trevor Lawrence has signed his rookie deal worth up to $36.8 million. It includes a signing bonus of more than $24 million. And this kind of got my creative juices flowing. I was thinking when you were drafted back in the day to the Pittsburgh Steelers, what was one of the first things that you bought and purchased with your first contract and the first paycheck that you received? One of the first things I bought was a house. You know, a small little townhouse. Actually, the townhouse I'm in was one of my first purchases. Um, one of the old, the old heads, Coach Brooke Johnson. He, he's one of the Olympic trainers when it comes down to track, and he's been around since the fifties. And you know, I used to just try to pick his brain, and he used to watch him work out because some of us used to work out with the track people. We used to share the same field, you know, with Coach Tom Shaw at the Wild World of Sports. So, you know, that was the first thing I bought, and a pair of tennis shoes. I had some tennis shoes, some Air Max. I really wanted that I couldn't get when I was small. So I wound up getting the Air Maxes uh, at the time. Uh, what color they was, neon green and white. The Air Maxes at the time. But yeah, man, that was one of my first purchases. But yeah, $24 million just off the rip. You know, that's pretty dang high. I ain't no telling what I would have got, you know. For, but 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 shout out, shout out to everybody, man. Just, you know, putting themselves in that position to kind of get everything you thought you wanted. Um, and then when you have the money, Mark, you really you really realize you don't need it. So that's that's the good thing about it. Like, dang, I wanted it when I was small, but this is more valuable now. So this is what I need to do right now. I'm trying to save my money and just 
spend it on something either I can invest in or just get some kind of return in. But yeah, that's that's exactly what I did. What happened to the Air Maxes? I gave them away. So that that just lets you know. Um, for, as far the older I get, the more materialistic I don't want to be. Um, for me, it's simplicity and making sure everybody around me is happy that I really truly care about. So that's where I'm at right now. But what I do like about this young generation, especially these, these athletes, they're finding ways to invest their money, save their money, and, and, and kind of start their own business. So they get the entrepreneurship, you know, when they get their money. So that's what I do like about this generation. They're educating themselves um, really from the iPhone or iPad, whatever you got to, to look at. So I, I do appreciate that part of it. And that's going to totally change the landscape here now that the NCAA doesn't have its rules in place with name, image, and likeness. Still getting sorted out of what the specifics of that entails specifically. But if it's putting money in the pockets of athletes who, if you're talking football and basketball, the two sports that actually generate ratings at the NCAA level, uh, I don't think really anyone's against that at this point in time. So uh, that's really encouraging to see. And I'm excited to see how that unfolds as we learn more and more about that, whether, you know, lawmakers decide to adopt some sort of federal, uh, you know, way to regulate that and everything too, though, again, it's something that's very new at the collegiate level, but that's only going to continue. Ike, just because I mean, it's only right. Things- yeah, of course. Of course. It's only right. Mark, like, you know, I mean, just just think about how much money these athletes are are generating, you know, for these schools. You you don't you don't you don't you don't you don't build or you don't build like you know a hundred million dollar you know stadiums for no reason. You don't you don't build twenty five forty million dollar weight rooms for no reason. The money got to come from somewhere, and you can you you can only donate or you can only get so much from from so many people. You know what I'm saying? These athletes, you know, generate a lot of money. And the NCAA, man, they've been having a nice little hustle for a long time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just these athletes, they kind of figure that out. And they, they've been fighting. They've been fighting this for like yeah. 12 years. It's been no, going I'd, on I'd for I'd say a while. even before, I'd say before that. And I I think that's, uh, I don't, I don't want to get us in trouble, but I think that's put politely I'll, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, it's cool. But I'm, I mean, it's it's done now. It's all yep. the way done yep. now, so I'm I'm cool with however we want to talk about it. But because you got to understand, man, I got four I got four wolves in the house, so I just try to educate them until they got opportunity yeah. to to make some money and keep some money in my pocket. That's how I look at it. Like they all got an <laughs> opportunity to make some money while you're in college yeah. and keep some in my pocket. So that's how I look at it. Ike, final question I have for you on today's show. I saw on social media the Steelers posted several pictures of Super Bowl rings. You won two. Where do you keep and store your Super Bowl rings? Man, I got a spot called none of your business because ain't, no, ain't none of nobody's <laughs> business. <laughs> well, I keep my Super Bowl rings, but I got four of them. I got the real ones and I got two duplicates. That's mm. that's what I did do, you know, so – um, I keep my real ones where they need to be. I keep my dude with this, wherever the hell I want to keep them at, you know? So <laughs> that's how I am with the Super Bowl rings. I assume the duplicates are so you can wear them, you know, for special occasions and whatnot, or? The, the crazy part is, Mark, I don't really, I don't really, 
I I bring them around, but I don't wear them. Like they 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 so big and heavy. Like you just I be seeing some of the old heads though. They be wearing their Super Bowl rings. Yeah. I be like, damn, that's cool. But I'm like, man, this six one, this this Super Bowl six, the six one for the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. That's a that's a big one. That's yeah. a big one. So you know, I just um I keep them in a safe place. You yeah. know. But I don't. I would. I don't wear them. I would bring them to a function, but I don't wear them to a function. It's funny because if someone goes Ocean's Eleven on Ike Taylor, jokes on jokes on you. Yeah, jokes on them, and that'd be their last time trying to go Ocean Eleven. It's called turning the tables, right? See, I thought I was going to have the zinger, Ike. And you do this a lot on the Believe It Steelers podcast. You make <laughs> me laugh, and I don't know what to say. I, like, you make me laugh, and I forget what the hell I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, work, work too hard. Work too hard. It's work too hard for them rings, man. A lot of – it's a lot, a lot comes with them rings, man. And we talking about since I was eight years old. Since I was eight years old, man, a lot, a lot of – Hard work, man. A lot of bones being broken. A lot of not being 100%. Being able to play, doing it for the team and your boys and your family and your last name. A lot of that comes into factor. Mark and Mark, when you want to talk about the rings, like, man, you sacrifice a lot for the rings. You sacrifice a lot and you just understand it. You deal with it and you just reap the benefits if you win. But for the most part, man, you just, it's, it's sacrificial. Um, I, 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 I hate, I ain't gonna say I hate to say this cause I really don't hate nothing. I just think it's a, a good learning lesson, but the loss to the loss to the Packers was in my personal opinion, probably one of my best games I ever played one, two, I learned the most out of football from losing to the Packers. Cause I learned and I felt, and I saw, okay, this is what it is to be on the other side of losing the Super Bowl. And when people used to say, I would rather lose the AFC championship than lose the Super Bowl because I don't want that feeling, I understood what the hell they were saying. <laughs> At first, I didn't get it. So I'd rather not go. If if I knew I rather, if I knew we was going to lose, I would rather not go because that's not, a, that's not a good feeling because you're always chasing. So I just – I feel for the Buffalo Bills who've been, you know, what, four years in a row? Something they, like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, they lost all four. With Jim know? Kelly back in the day, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, it's that's first of all, that's very impressive. That's one yeah. to go that many times. But just to have that feeling, man, it's oh my lord, Mark, it's it's you 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 will forever chase. And I chased it with my twelve U son football team. I chased it. And we wind up getting the ring. We did. We wound up getting the ring. And that was my satisfaction. Me coaching my son's football team and wind up winning the uh, AAU National Championship. And usually they give uh, – and it's on the discrepancy of the coach. They give like a chain. But I say, hell with that. I'm giving my kids rings. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I'm doing. So it damn, damn near almost six figures later, I made sure all my kids had rings, but you know, for them and how I looked at it, a lot of these kids ain't making it to the high school, let alone to the 
to the college, to the NFL level. So at least I can give them something they can pass down to their their son or daughter. Or at least they can always have a memory of this team and Coach Ike. So that's what football gave me. I asked this question for the listeners and the viewers of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Was this AAU championship before or after James Harrison told your son to take the soul out of someone carrying the football? Oh, this was this was after. Debo, okay. Debo, Debo told my son that when my son was like six years old, my son just remembered <laughs> it. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's, it's, it's crazy on the things they – on what kids want to remember and what they want to forget. But yeah, that, 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 that was a crazy game. Actually, the game before we won the national championship was the hardest game. You know, it, the team we played, they had four downs on the two yard line and then, and didn't get it. And then goal get line it stand. At all. Goal line stand. So, but the championship game, um, I don't know if y'all heard of, Brandon Merriweather, the safety uh, from New England, first round safety from New England. He was he, he had a few over there on his side of Popka. And uh, once he saw the offense, he said, dang, I, I know for sure we about to lose. And I said, why? He said, man, you run the pro-style offense. <laughs> like, we're not built. We're, we're, we're built just to stop the run. We're not yeah. built for a spread offense. Got trips on one side, two by two, got bunches. Like, what the hell are you teaching these kids? I said, man, I'm trying to get these kids a damn ring. <laughs> That's what they are. I'm still chasing the ring that we lost in the Super Bowl from the Packers. So thank God I got that ring, man, and we won it. But it, it was especially for the kids, man. I always try to get the kids memories. I love that. Uh, Ike, I know you'll be in Las Vegas this weekend for some business. Go on, tell our listeners and our viewers about what you'll be doing there. See, Mark said it the more professional way, the right way. He said business. I used to tell my kids, man, we got to handle business. <laughs> B-I-D-N-E-S-S. <laughs> you got to handle your business. But I'm going to go to Vegas for a cigar convention. Y'all make sure y'all check out HowardGCigars.com if you're not on social media. Or check us out on Howard G Cigars. I mean, at Howard G Cigars if you are on social media. My cigars name one of a kind. So and the reason why it's one of a kind, man, is, you know, 80% Nicaraguan, 20% Lancaster, and it's wrapped in a Sumatra leaf from Connecticut. It's a hell of a cigar. It's a hell of a smoke. And even if you don't smoke, if you just want a memory of your boy right here, Ike Taylor, make sure y'all smoke my cigar. So we'll be out there for a couple of days at the cigar convention. We got us a booth. If y'all have any uh, time of the day, and if you're in Vegas from the 9th through the 12th, Come check us out at the convention center, man. Come check out Ike Taylor and his one-of-a-kind cigars with Howard G. Black Moses cigars that he have. But, yeah, we got something good going on. Uh, matter of fact, we're going to have something going on also in August. So stay tuned. But, yeah, check us out. You know, the 9th through the 12th of this month of July, check us out, man, at the convention center in Vegas, man, with these Howard G. cigars. But make sure y'all come get a one-of-a-kind cigar. And that's your boy right here, Ike Taylor. IT, you are the best. I want to give a shout out to the sponsors of the Believe in Steelers podcast. That's Bet Online. They've been rocking with us since day one. John Brinkus and Courtney Vargas over at Brinks TV. 
forgetting someone else here uh, at the Believe Podcast Network. But again, uh, I know it's the off season, but this to me, week in and week out, it's one of my favorite things I get to do each week talking with you. Man, I love it. Um, also, just want to pay you back. You know how I feel about Bet Online. Y'all been rocking since day one. Mark, I appreciate you just being my my host, man. Uh, it's just become a family. Uh, Miss Courtney and, and her team over there at Brinks TV, I appreciate all the love and the support, and that's just what it is. Um, we're all working together, you know. So teamwork made the dream work, and that's, that's just how it's going to be. That's just how I was raised. That's just uh, the locker room I was in, and whether it's, whether it's TV, podcast, or whatever we're doing, if all of us are on the same page and we truly do care about each other and respect each other, everything's going to work out. So, man, we just got a good team. So between the believing podcast, Brink TV, Mark, Bet Online, everything has kind of come to fruition, you know. So it is just going to get better for all of us, I guarantee you. We just got to be patient, keep knocking on the door, keep putting the work in. But, yeah, man, I just treat y'all like family, you know, so – if it's anything y'all need or anything I, y'all feel like I need to work on, just let me know because I'm all about that as well. But I want to thank everybody for just taking their time. Everybody, what I, what I want, everybody with this podcast for, excuse me, just taking their time and working with your, with your boy Ike Taylor, man. I want to encourage our listeners and viewers, go listen to last week's show. We had Dave Damashek, friend of the show, on as well. It was a really fun conversation talking with him as well. I'll yeah, go check ahead and Dave out. Yeah, yeah. Check, he he's check, he's check a loon. He is a loon. One hundred percent. I'll go ahead and sign off here, Ike. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. Leave us a five star review. Click that subscribe button. We'll see you next week. Take care and so long, everyone. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.